Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, Brown Ambition fam. Happy Brown Ambition Tuesday. This is Mandy. I wanted to share a very special episode today. This is actually originally aired last Thanksgiving, and it's one of our most popular episodes to date. So as Tiffany and I enjoy a little bit of a summer break this week, um, please enjoy our interview with Patrice C. Washington. Just seven years ago, Patrice was scraping up all the change in her purse to buy baby formula for her newborn daughter. Now, Patrice is a best-selling author and founder and CEO of Seek Wisdom Find Wealth, a boutique personal finance consulting firm based in Atlanta, Georgia. Patrice joined us on the show to talk about hitting rock bottom and how she clawed her way back to the top. She also talked about her new book, Real Money Answers for Everyday Women, which you can still find online and in bookstores nationwide. So without further ado, here's our interview with Patrice. Okay, guys, we have a very special guest today. Very special. I'm super excited. Probably like our top five like favorite people in the personal finance space today. Um, I'd say top three, but whatever. Top three, top two, top <laughs> our, our top one person. <laughs> we have the brilliant, the beautiful, the amazing, the amazing, wonderful Patrice C. Washington. Got to get the C in there. <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> you guys are in such like in for such a treat. Honestly, I've been following Patrice on her journey since I don't know. I think maybe. Since like 2010 is when she's I been at it for what over a decade now, Patrice, right? Oh gosh, yes. Not to you know put your age out there, <laughs> but for, you have an amazing an amazing history. Since 2003, you've been a you're a nationally recognized best selling author mm-hmm. of the book series Real Money Answers, check. and which is amazing. You also have a recurring segment on none other than the Steve Harvey Show. Check check. Might have heard about it. Yeah, just a little shout, just a little something. <laughs> so radio and on on the TV show, right, Patrice? Yep. Right. Yeah. And featured pretty much of the. Every media outlet out there, NBC, Black Enterprise, Huffington Post, Upscale, and again on the Steve Harvey Show. So we could not be happier to have you here. Patrice, thanks so much for coming on Brown Ambition. Yeah, thank you. So excited. I'm so excited. And it feels good to move up from like top 10 to top 5 to top 3 to top 1. <laughs> All in one in conversation. A, like, all right, in a matter of seconds. Like, I, I'm winning today. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> So what I loved about you, I, I heard you give a talk a couple of years ago where you talked about how you weren't always the money maven. Yeah. You had some pretty humble beginnings when it came to dealing with your finances. So I wanted to start off by just asking you to talk about that, you know, your early days and some of the mistakes you made. 
Oh gosh, just some of the mistakes. I don't even <laughs> know where to, to start. <laughs> well, um, you know, I always say that all those accolades are great and I really appreciate them. It's been a real blessing to be able to share my message. Um, because my hope is really to move the masses from debt management to money mastery. Mm -hmm. And as I go out speaking all over the country and doing all these interviews and, you know, just getting to do what I do, what I love to do, I always meet people who say, but you don't understand what it's like, or you don't, you don't understand what it means to choose between, you know, having to pay your light bill and wanting to save or wanting to invest. And I'm like, I don't know. No, sweetie. I know very well. Let me, let me tell you a little story. And so really, I mean, I didn't grow up hearing about money. I've heard Tiffany share her story and I'm always so impressed by her dad and, and what he imparted to her, but I didn't have any of that. And so, um, but was still able to go on to college and started in real estate at 19 years old as a sophomore in college, became a real estate and mortgage broker at 21 as a senior in college, actually started my business while in school, um, which has its pros and cons, but that's another story. <laughs> um, if you have financial aid, there's a, there's a con there, but, um, started this really great business during my senior year in college. Um, and it was a real estate and mortgage company loved, you know, helping people budget and get their credit in order and all those things because it was going to move them towards purchasing a home, which is how I could make money. So of course I was super passionate about getting people, you know, on the path. Um, but at the same time, there were pieces to that puzzle beyond budgeting and credit that I really didn't know about. And so while I was helping everyone else, the recession hit um, around circa like 2007, 2008, and um, I lost everything. I lost everything. So here I am, this little girl from South Central Los Angeles, went to college, started a business, thought I did everything the right way and still find myself flat broke with everybody else. Um, and you I had a family at the time too, right? It wasn't just you. It wasn't just me. I had just gotten married. I had spent 10 weeks in the hospital on bed rest mm -hmm. to have my daughter, um, who was still born 10 weeks prematurely, which is a big deal. You know, for those of us who are mothers out there, um, you know that every week counts. And so my daughter was born at 30 weeks, which is extremely early. Um, and so in the process of all of that, the real estate market was crashing. You know, I had tenants in my income properties that weren't paying rent. I owed all this money. And at the same time, I was racking up a $400,000 medical bill. Wow. And um, by the time I got out of the hospital, everything around me had changed. It's like the whole world changed in a matter of about nine to 10 weeks. And I had a decision to make. Am I going to worry about car notes and mortgages, or am I going to take care of this baby who's 10 weeks early, who needs my undivided attention at this point? And, um, you know, and I chose, I chose my family. I remember and you telling a story about how at one point your rock, rock bottom was when you were counting out change to buy milk for your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I had built a seven figure business and like, it seemed like overnight I was scraping up change to feed my daughter. Were you it, and your husband in the business together? We were. We were. So everything and you had was tied up. Everything. You know when people say, like, um, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? So we always thought, like, oh, well, we own investment property, and we flip homes, and we have this company, and we have an escrow company, and we do this, and we do that. But all of it was connected to real estate. And so when that bubble burst, we felt it on every level, and there was only so long that we could juggle. We tried to juggle for about a year, 
you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul and, you know, that expression and just trying to shift (laughs) things. And, okay, I made it just in time. And you guys, honestly, it was exhausting. Yeah. It got exhausting. Here I have this little baby I'm trying to take care of and figure out this whole motherhood thing. And then I went through, like, a period of postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. So as much as I loved my baby, I went through this phase where I was like, what am I supposed to do with her? Like, what is, you know, like... I prayed for her and I waited for her and I, you know, Mm -hmm. but it didn't come naturally to me to be the doting mother. It just didn't. And so there was so many different things going on. And and I know like when people have their back up against the wall with finances, it's not just that. Like there's so many other things in life that happen. And and I was just overwhelmed. When did you turn the corner? Like when did it finally like, yeah, yeah. I just, found myself, literally, we had moved from California to New Orleans, um, Louisiana, to rehab the last of the properties that we owned, hoping that we could squeeze some money out of those. Well, the market kept tanking, and we didn't squeeze anything out of that. But I ended up in a strange city, (laughs) in a foreign city to me, with no friends and no family and a a little bitty baby, Um, and just the three of us, my husband and, and Reagan and I. And um, I just found myself on the bathroom floor, literally crying, bawling, ugly sobbing. Like, what did I do? Why, why, why? Like, Mm -hmm. what am I supposed to do with this? And um, I always say, like, I tell people I reach for my Bible and I opened it to this scripture like that I had read several times before. But, you know, you, you know, things hit you a different way at a different time, you know. So I had seen it before, but it didn't mean anything to me. And uh, it was Proverbs seventeen sixteen. It basically said, what good is money in the hands of a fool if they have no desire to seek wisdom? Like, and for the first time for me, what hit me was I did really well really early which leads you to believe that you're actually smart. Yeah. (laughs) Right, because you're in your early 20s at this point, right? Yeah. (laughs) I can't even imagine all that responsibility on your shoulders and then to see it all crash. Yeah, you know, I have a business with 16 employees. I own 13 pieces of property. You know, I've been in the hospital. I have this baby, this newborn baby who's teeny tiny. I mean, my daughter was three pounds. Mm -hmm. You know, people would Mm -hmm. see her. And like, oh, is that a doll in there? We're like, no, that's a child. She's alive. She's so beautiful. I love seeing your pictures on Facebook. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, she's eight years old now. Um, Love of my life. But, you know, during that time, um, it's like, man, it, it hit me like you thought you were too smart to ask for help. And that has been the thing that has been the biggest lesson to me, like, I like to understand that you need coaching, you need mentoring, you need help. You need to talk to people who have been there, done that, who are transparent enough to share their journey and be real about it, you know? And I never sought that out. I didn't even realize that that was a thing until reading that verse in that moment. And so a couple weeks later, it came to me that, you know, just because I lost all my money, my mind wasn't bad, mm-hmm. you know? Like what I did to get it, I just knew I could do it again. So, I said, you know what, God, I dedicate, you know, my life to you. And I'm like, this mission for me is to help people not do what I did. So I created Seek Wisdom, Find Wealth, which is my company today in 2009. And Seek Wisdom, Find Wealth is all about helping people, not just budget and credit and all that stuff, because it's great, but you need the wisdom to maintain it. And wisdom comes from being able to just talk to people. Wisdom comes from being able to sit and listen to something like Brown Ambition and like learning, you know what I'm saying? And learning from other people's mistakes. 
Who are some of the people you reached out to in the beginning? You said that you sought wisdom first from mentors and and other people that you looked up to. Who are some of those people that were helpful to you? Oh, let's see. At that time, it was there were a lot of more so like my pastors, like people back home that were, that used to be my pastors. I had a great mentor named George Thompson, mm-hmm. and he was actually um, the the minister of stewardship at the church that I attended. And so he was the first person that I saw do what I do today, like stand up and talk about money at a like at a church service. And I had never seen anything like that. I was about twenty two years old. And, um, I reached out to him. I'm like, you know, I had to humble myself because all everyone knew is that Gerald and I, my husband and I had built this real estate empire and everything was roses, but then, you know, everything hit rock bottom and we like got ghosts, you know, you're not out at parties anymore. You know, mm-hmm. Cause, hey, I mean, gas or lights, you know, it's like mm-mm, no gas to go cross town. Not about to do that. You know? So we just disappeared. And people didn't know to where they didn't know what happened with Reagan, you know, no one knew anything. And so I started to reach out to just the people like George Thompson, um, who had blessed me at different points in my life, reaching out to my pastor. Um, you know, Steve Harvey has been a mentor of mine since I was in college. I used to work for him as well. Around the same time I was in real estate, I also worked on his uh, radio show when it was just in L.A., and, um, so that's that connection. Know. Let's talk about Steve. Yeah. <laughs> How does one wind up as Steve's go-to money maven, money expert? Cause that's amazing. I mean, that is you're, amazing. you're doing, you're speaking to such a, um, people that I think really could use someone like you telling them, you know, inspiring them to manage their finances. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's all been so random. <laughs> like That's the best like, kind. <laughs> yeah. Like it's all been so random. So I'll tell you guys like really quickly when I even met him, when I was in college, it was because I heard him on the radio and literally to myself, I was, I was the vice president of black student union at USC. And I said to myself, like, he sounds like he has money. Like I'm going to go. They said, do you want to come to the live studio audience? So I was like, yeah, I'm going to the live studio audience and I'm going to ask Steve Harvey for some money for black student union at USC. He didn't go there, but of course he cares, you know, whatever 19 year old logic I had at the time. (laughs) And, um, and I wrote this letter on, oh, no, actually, you had to fax in if you wanted to come. You guys, I've jammed their fax machine. Wow. I've faxed like 70 times. This is fax today, right? Brown and the ambition. Guy, and, like, you feel me? Like, the guy called and he was like, well, you have to come because you jammed the fax machine. Like, he was so <laughs> mad at me. He's my friend now. But it's like he was so mad at me at that time. So I made it into the live studio audience. And as soon as I walked in, they were like, no soliciting. And I'm like, they must be talking to these other 30 or so people because I came here to get this money and I'm not leaving without it. And I'm very clear about that. So at the end, people kept like leaving and I kept letting them go in front of me like, oh, no, you go ahead. I'm good. And taking a step back and taking a step back and taking a step back. And then finally, the guy who was over the audience was like, you know, what are you doing? Like, why are you still here? Are you trying to ask for something are you, no, he said, are you soliciting? And I'm like, I wouldn't call it soliciting. Let me tell you who I am. And I started on this whole thing and um, told him that I went to SC and he goes, oh, I used to be the Chicano student union president at USC. Hold on. Let me, let me see what I can do. Love like I was blown. And my girl who was the president left. Like I was the vice president. She was president and she got scared and walked out. Clearly she needed to be impeached. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she maybe had more to lose. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so she left. So I'm up there. And um, long story short, it ended up being there. There ended up being a relationship there. They just thought I was funny. Like this girl is crazy because I kept coming back asking for money. And eventually I asked for 500. They gave me 2000. Wow. Then started the relationship. Um, and then they asked if I wanted to be an intern, which I turned down because it was unpaid. But then <laughs> got bored and needed something to do. So I said, OK, I'll do it. My sophomore year in college. And um, and so that started a 15 year relationship that I have with Steve Harvey now. Now, how I got put on as his money expert for everything, really because he watched me do the work. Mm. It, you know, he called me. He had the producer of the radio show reach out to me about two months before Real Money Answers for Every Woman came out the first time when I self-published in 2014. She reached out to me around November of 2013 and said, hey, when does your book come out? And I told her the date, like January 8th, I think it was. And she said, oh, OK. And I was like, well, that was strange. And didn't th- I mean, you know, they're strange people over there. So I didn't think anything of it. <laughs> no, they're all like family. But um, so I didn't think anything of it. I was like, whatever. And then she calls back maybe a couple hours later. She says, Harvey wants to um, help you de- debut the book. Amazing. And I just I was like, oh, my gosh, like I've never asked for anything except for that five hundred dollars mm-hmm. early on. I hadn't asked for anything ever. And so I went on the first time um, the day the book came out. You know, we instantly made it an Amazon bestseller. I was so, you know, just thrilled with the opportunity. I was more than grateful over the moon and didn't think anything of it. And then they said, we got 800 plus emails from people who wanted to know your name or the name of the book or asking questions. So you have to come back. And I went back about three weeks later, same response. And then I went back maybe two weeks after that, same response. And then he said, oh, hell, just do it every week. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. But, you know, you said something so, so, so powerful. Because someone could look at you and be like, well, yeah, she's gorgeous and she's this and she's. No, you said that you did the work. Mm -hmm. That that's like such a. Such an important thing, I think, to to just really impress upon that you did the work. This is a 15-year relationship. This wasn't just some fluke, you know, right. success. Mm-hmm. And you know what is really important for me um, to let people know as well? Because they think like, oh, well, you know Steve Harvey so clearly. No, not at all. Lots of people know Steve Harvey. Mm-hmm. Lots of people know folks. But the thing is, he told me on a commercial break that second time I was on, he said, you know why I, always, why I would always help you? And I was like, no, sir. You know, like, why is that? He said, because you never ask. Mm. He said, you never ask. People come in and ask. They don't have their stuff together. They're not on their social media. They haven't written something of quality. They're not doing videos. They're not out there speaking. They're not doing anything. And they want me to put them on and create some type of Oprah effect. It means nothing if you get the opportunity, but you haven't built a strong foundation. None of that means anything. So before... Even the Steve Harvey opportunity came. I was already writing for Black Enterprise. I I was already writing for Huffington Post. I was already writing every week for Hello Beautiful for like two years. I was already out there speaking. I was already doing YouTube videos. Like, so if he could look and see like, oh, Patrice is out here. Like, she's she's doing her thing. Let me give her a hand up and not a hand out. Uh, We just mentioned that last. I'm so glad you said that because me and Mandy. (laughs) was, Was that my brown break? Yeah, it was asking for people who want something for you without giving you. Yes, like asking for help versus a handout. Like help is different from a handout. 
And yeah. I'm sure now, especially you, with you doing, you know, so well, but sometimes my emails, I'm like, come on, have you put in any Girl, work? <laughs> Girl <laughs> Tiffany, that we have to talk about that the other day. We have to talk about it. It's like, I don't mind, and Steve says this, I don't mind, you know, teaching you to fish, but I'm not going to hand you a fish sandwich. You know what I'm saying? And like people want you to give them a fully cooked, fully prepared, yes. knocked up situation. It's like, ma'am, absolutely not. You know? What about and- the women out there who maybe feel like they are doing the work, um, but don't feel like they're getting the recognition? Do you have any advice for them or something you could offer and, and maybe that made you different or stand out? You know what? I look for God winks all along the way. God winks. I, I look for God winks. I look for little little notes that just say you're on the right path. You're, you're on the right path. You're moving in the right direction. And that doesn't always come from huge recognition. You know, early on when I first started blogging in 2009, 2010, like, you know, nobody knew who I was. And I was, I was just blogging and hoping that my mama read it. And half the time she didn't either, you know, (laughs) I'd be like, did you like what I wrote this week? She's like, ah, Another one, you know, <laughs> <right>. mom says. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get a chance to go over, you know? And so, you know, it was one day when I didn't, I was like, I felt defeated, you know, for like a period. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't even know how this blog thing works. I wasn't on social media yet. And I was just joining Twitter. You know, I was just trying to figure it out. And um, a random guy emails me and says, I hope you're okay. You haven't blogged in a while. Mm. And I said, oh, my gosh, I don't even know him. Who is he? Where did he come from? You know, like I had no idea. And just that note to me let me know that you're making a difference, even if it's for one person. And that was my God wink to keep going. And I could tell you today, like if he hadn't emailed me, I don't know where I'd be today Mm -hmm. because his email encouraged me to keep, you know, to keep blogging every week to start sharing with other people, to read, you know. So I look for those little things. It's always, it's not always going to be the big recognition. You know, now more people know me, but five years ago, nobody did. But that that didn't mean that, you know, I could take a break. I thought it did. Like, uh, you know, this is not working out, but there's always someone you're blessing. And you have, you know, I always ask people too, like, what are your motives? Like, what are your motives for doing what you do? Because is it truly to impact the people or is it to get the recognition of man? The recognition is great, but it's a byproduct of your mission to impact other people. Agreed. Somebody for somebody out there right now, that's your God wink, just in case you didn't get it. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you're working really hard and not getting to where you want to be, maybe you're not doing it for the right reasons. That could be a factor. Or yeah, what you're doing it, maybe isn't what you really want to be doing yeah. deep down. Or, or what you should be doing. You exactly. know, I meet a lot of people who are you're an author, speaker, coach because that looks popular. Like, because everybody is an author, speaker, coach right now. You know, like in social media, (laughs) that's what you see. (laughs) You know, it's like in social media, that's what you see, you know. But are you really doing the work that you were called to do? People ask me, like, you know, why I chose this. I really didn't choose this. I don't believe that I chose it. I believe that it's a calling, you know. And so sometimes I think we focus on what looks popular instead of focusing on what's truly our purpose, and, and then we get lost in trying to do all of those other things, even for those people who feel like they're somewhat, you know, they found success or they've gotten recognition in what they're doing, but they're coveting what somebody else has going on and they want to do what somebody else has. That might not be your lane. You know what I'm saying? So you got a question like, 
am I truly doing this because I'm called to do it and because I truly care about the people that I serve or am I doing it for the recognition? And, you know. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, I, I want st- to just interrupt because you do have kind of a big deal happening right now. Yeah, your, your book, Real Woman, or sorry, Real Money Answers for Women is coming out. When is it coming out? Real Money Answers for Every Woman comes back out January 19th, 2016. And I'm super excited. Just in time for New Year's resolutions. Yes. And yes. I'm super, super excited because when I saw Patricia, I think you posted, I don't know if it was last year when you got the contract with the major publisher. But you yeah. posted like this beautiful story. I think it was about your grandmother. Yeah. And I was like was tearing up at the in front of my computer, like, go ahead, Patricia. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah, I mean, that means so much to me um, because, you know, I always share that my grandmother didn't have a sixth grade education um, and was basically illiterate. And she passed away in January 2013. And it was at the time that I was writing Real Money Answers for Every Woman. And again, it was one of those moments where, I I wanted to I wanted to dwell on my grandmother's passing, you know, because I was so busy being busy and I lived out of state and I didn't get to spend time with her the way that I wanted to um, like that last year. And so there was a lot of guilt and I was just feeling some kind of way. And my grandmother came to me in a dream shortly after she passed and was yelling at me like she often does. I'm, I'm Caribbean. I'm Belizean. <laughs> I and so my grandmother, Yeah. Yeah. I'm Belizean. And my grandmother was yelling at me with this thick accent, like telling me basically to get my life in order. And she said all these things and I couldn't quite put it together. And I um, talked to someone in our family who interprets dreams. And she said, Basically, she's saying you need to finish whatever work of art or creative body you're working on. And I was like, work of art? What is that? Creative body? And I'm like, oh, my book? And she was telling me in the dream that it would change lives and it would change my life. And the book came out January, the next year, January 2014, um, a couple of days before her passing, her, the, the anniversary of her passing. And it did. It totally changed my life. It's what, you know, got me to the Steve Harvey show, which has gotten me to so many other things. Um, thousands of women have reached out to me, literally talking, you know, telling me about their testimonies and, and how it's blessed them and how it's restored their relationship with siblings or their, you know, their spouses and all this stuff. I did 18,000 copies. So self-published. Awesome. And then January, 2015, I got the deal with HarperCollins. They reached out to me about wanting to re-release the book under their label and make it available everywhere, making it available everywhere books are sold. And, and again, so, you did the uh, work first mm-hmm. and a publisher reached out to you. After. Yeah. So January is a good month for you. Hmm. <laughs> it is. It's, you know what? These last few years since January 2012, it has been working out to be a very good month for me. I look forward to January. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, let's talk about the book. I think what I love most about the idea of the book is that you're not just talking about budgeting, well, that's important, and how to save money and how to, you know, coupon and stuff. You really emphasize what we love talking about, which is how to make more, earn more, ask for more, get more out of life. So talk to us about some of the the advice you have for women in in your book and, and why you're really focusing on building wealth. Yeah, you know, just from a byproduct of being out there and speaking and and receiving people's questions, I hear like probably eight times out of 10, people say, well, I don't do that because I don't earn enough. And it just came up constantly to the point where I was like, you know, when I think about a lot of the books that I even read on personal finance, there's a lot of information about what to do once you have it. But the gap there is, well, how do I get it? You know, and so I dedicated an entire section to earning more money in the book. And it's not just about entrepreneurship, because I realize that everyone is not called to be an entrepreneur. And and to your earlier question, Mandy, that might be why some of us are not getting where we want to go, because this ain't this life ain't for you, boo. <laughs> Thank you for saying <laughs> for that. Real. Not everyone's meant to have their own business. Exactly. It's OK. I, you know, it's like it's like a craze, you know, and it's. Mm-hmm. You know, I I really struggle with, quote unquote, experts who make people feel that if they're not out there hustling and, you know, doing their own thing, that they're doing something wrong. Like I employ people. I need them to you know what I'm saying? I need them to run what I'm trying to do. Everybody is not supposed to be their own boss. They're just not. And that's okay because you can serve in a different way and still fulfill your purpose. And so in the book, I talk about workplace wisdom, you know, so. If, if your thing is, I need to earn more money while I'm, you know, on someone else's dime or in someone else's job, can we talk about the fact that, you know, if you want to raise, you should probably get to work on time? Like, can we? Is that too much to? <laughs> no, that's not too much to ask. <laughs> too much to ask. No. Like, or, you know, you want the promotion, you, you got to ask for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it can't be an emotional ask, ladies. It can't be like, well, I feel like, and you know, because you see me come early, you know, I leave late, you know, you I got, got kids, kids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got kids to feed. I, I, you know, I got bills due. Listen, all of that is true. And, and we, hey, we support you. We honor you. However, that's not a good case to present to your boss or superior or supervisor or whomever, right? So I, in the book, I talk about strategies for building your brag folder, you know, uh, what, what value are you bringing to the table? It can't just be about what you feel like. You know, it has to be about the research. You have to quantify what you've been able to do, because at the end of the day, business is not all about emotions. It's about the bottom line. And are you adding to the bottom line? Are you are you saving the company money? What are you doing? Are you even in the right position? Does it really serve you? Are you really doing um, the work that you feel called to do, or do you just have a job? There's nothing wrong with, with having a job. It's do you have the right job for you? Because I realize that when people are unfulfilled in their careers, usually that leads them to mismanage their finances. Because I meet so many women who are quick to go to the mall on a Friday because they're frustrated with everything that they've been through all week, you know? And then we get into justifying our purchases, like, oh, I work hard, I deserve it. Oh, they don't work me this week. Oh, no. That, them working you this week doesn't justify you buying, you know, those pumps that you can't afford. You know, like, those, those two things don't go together. So well, instead I- of trying to justify what you don't like about where you are, let's work on putting you where you really belong so that you can prioritize and then find prosperity. So you said um, January what day again? 
19th. Ooh, January 19th, ladies. Go and get it. Honestly, like, so for those of y'all who are listening, you know I'm the budgetista, and so many of the women that I that work with me or follow me, or they love them some Patrice. They're like, do you know Patrice? I'm like, you want me to get your autograph? Hold on, let me call her. Yes, I got her number on speed dial. <laughs> but no, honestly, they love you. They're attracted to your... You're obviously, you know, your financial savvy, but also your genuineness, just your, you give it to them straight. So I'm so excited for this, like, second coming of this amazing book. And I just know that it's going to do well. And I can't wait for your challenge. So so this is kind of, I guess we can announce it here. Even Mandy doesn't Ooh, know. What? Yeah. So <laughs> for those I'm of you excited. who are <laughs> Wait, do we need to do a setup? This is like breaking news. <laughs> yeah, it's breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> So for anybody who follows me, The Budget Needs to Online, um, every January, well, starting this January, um, I do this thing called the Live Richer Challenge, and we have about 20,000 women signed up already. We'll have 30,000 by January. And Patrice and I were just talking last week, and she's doing her challenge in February. What's the name of your challenge again? The Earn More Money Challenge for Women. So the Earn More Money Challenge for Women. So we're going to partner, because I thought this doesn't make sense. So many women need... So I'm going to be teaching you how to save and how to start collecting more abundance and then feed you right into the Earn More Money Challenge for Women by Patrice. So we're partnering. So I just think it'll be awesome. I'm so excited. I am so excited. It's like Um, peanut butter and jelly. mm -hmm, Peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) I'm like doing twerking in the theater. I wish you could see me. (laughs) So, yeah. So I just can't wait for you guys to see what that kind of like collaboration looks like because it's just really important. One for women of color to collaborate. You know, Patrice yes. and I, although, like, the overarching goal is the same, to help women live better, um, that still we do things in different ways. And so you'll find something differently for me through the Live Richer Challenge and something different from Patrice. And I just think that there's not enough brown faces in this space. And, yes. you know, and we, and the thing is we're really supportive of each other, but we're trying to shift from just being supportive to being strategic, Yes. And just like even me and Mandy doing the podcast together, this is a strategic alliance. So it's not just me saying, oh, I like him because I've known Mandy, what, like two years before this or something? Four, technically. <laughs> well, that's okay. You don't remember our anniversary. <laughs> oh, that's why we did have a friend anniversary. <laughs> and so, but still, you know, so it's like, it's, it's one thing to say, oh, I like Mandy to being like, oh, well, let's do a podcast together. Right. And so, you know, just learning that in this space of women of color, like, how can we do things and in ways that is strategic so we can, like, in just a a technical way, move each other forward. So I'm just really excited to partner and do that. So I, I am too. And I thank you so much for your heart, Tiffany, and your willingness to, to be strategic in that way and to partner and to be an example um, to women in every industry, not just in an industry where, you know, we're, you know, few and far between, but just in every industry as women, you know, we just have to dispel these myths that women don't like women mm-hmm. or that women can't work together, that we can't support each other and figure it out. Like, that's such a crock. I love women. Like, and I love, you know, rah, rah, rah and cheering you on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, um, but we just got to do better. And I'm glad to be an example of that along with you. And you guys have been an example to me. So I appreciate that as well. That's so exciting. Congrats. Okay. So where can we send people to find out about these challenges? Is there like one website? What's, where can we send folks? Yes, they're going to go to ICanEarnMore.com. 
ICanEarnMore.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to sign up for the Live Richer Challenge, it's LiveRicherChallenge.com. And the good thing is, is that as you take the challenge, like in my challenge, I'll be pushing you toward Patrice's challenge. And then in her, in her challenge, she'll be throwing people back. So even yep. if you miss one, you'll be able to take it. Like it just will be a cycle that will continue throughout the year. So let me play um, the uh, interested Listener, okay. how much does it cost? Oh, it's free. Oh, come on. <laughs> totally complimentary. Yeah. Free 99 That's my favorite price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where can they get your book? So when it comes out, where can they get their, your book? Where can they find it? What website? Well, I'm, I'm so excited to say that you'll be able to find the book everywhere books are sold. <laughs> <laughs> so go and target and act a fool if you don't get it. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, but it'll be available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. You can always go to realmoneyanswers.com and there'll be a link there and I'll link you to all the retailers that I know of. Um, but yeah, it'll be everywhere books are sold That's January awesome. 19th. Oh, and if you pre-order, then I have some amazing freebies. I, I am giving more away free some freebies, more like free it. stuff. So not just a challenge, but you'll be able to take my Mindset and Money Masterclass, which is a four-part um, class that teaches you a, a lot of the same things. You know, you you will be so financially fierce by the time 2016 is over. Like, you don't, you don't even understand. But 2059... <laughs> And go on to Yahoo and read Mandy stuff. You'll be set. Mm-hmm. So even I'm getting excited for January. I'm like, oh, the new year. Just cold. it's just like cold winter time. But now I'm like, maybe I'll do something. <laughs> Let me get me a raise or promotion. <laughs> no, but this is just gonna be awesome. So where can they find you on social media? I am everywhere at Seek Wisdom PCW. That's Seek Wisdom PCW. That's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. Oh, and Periscope. Well, we're going to link to all your pages Mm -hmm. on the blog post on brownambitionpodcast.com. So you'll find notes from her interview, links to her website, to where you can find the book, where you can find her on social. Patrice, thank you so much for coming on Brown Ambition. It's been amazing chatting with you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I feel so special. You guys are like a top-rated, you know, podcast. Oh, Oh, yeah. We're we're, big time. I've been there. It's a big deal. I'm happy to be a part. Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.